Hello and welcome to a very special edition of Prank Posing's Big Bad Podcast. Okay, so uh, the reason I'm doing uh, a podcast now is that at 10, 10 p.m. here in uh, Toronto. And the reason I'm doing a podcast is we have breaking news out of Japan. And joining me to talk about this breaking news is my friend Charlie. Charlie lives in Japan. What time is it in Japan, Charlie? It's about 11 a.m., but it's in the future. It's Sunday. Sun- no, you mean Saturday. I mean, yeah, Sunday, Saturday. Eh, my bad. <laughs> okay, all right. So the reason uh, I brought Charlie in is because he lives in Japan. He uh, speaks Japanese. He goes to all the uh, uh, Ryzen shows and the Jewel shows and all that sort of thing. And we have breaking news out of Japan uh, today. Uh, the, there's nobody better to cover this news than Charlie and me. Now, before we get started here, just keep in mind, uh, don't forget to check out my blog at frankp316.blogspot.com. And check out my other podcast, The Big Topic in Women's MMA. did one yesterday with Schwan Hughes covering this week's UFC activity. Okay, so the breaking news is this. Today, Ryzen announced that Ham So He has relinquished her... Uh, Ryzen Super Atomweight Championship. Okay. Now, uh, it was reported, I think by Bout Review was the first to report it, that this was due to uh, uh, an impasse in contract negotiations. So they weren't able, able to work out uh, any kind of uh, financial details. Obviously, she probably wanted more money. And they decided not to go that in that direction. Okay, so um, when did this break this morning, uh, Charlie? I'd say it broke <laughs> late last night, probably at around 9 o'clock or 8 o'clock. Rising also announced it on their website, which I thought was kind of strange. She still hasn't made a comment on it publicly. But I thought it was an interesting time for her contract renegotiations because – as you'll recall, she had all those management disputes earlier in the year. Where- well, we were going I was just going to ask you about that because uh, this is something a lot of fans are not aware of. I'm aware of it because uh, you and I spoke about it. Uh, but um, uh, what was the deal on that? Let's go over that and when it happened and all that kind of stuff. So Hamsohi is Korean, but she's fought, as you know, but for your listeners, she's fought a majority of her career in Japan, whether it be kickboxing or MMA. And so she had a um, management team that was a couple. They were a Japanese couple of Korean heritage. And she yeah. discovered earlier this year that they were essentially stealing massive amounts of her purse over her entire career. Mm. And which made me think that we don't know exactly who her management team is right now, but her sister is married to the head coach of Team Mad. And he is a manager himself with several UFC fighters. So a lot of people have speculated that he's just managing her career now, which might mark the sudden shift in negotiations. Well, wouldn't she be a little, uh, 
you know, uh, short, short on cash because of all this? Oh, yeah. I mean, um, it was one of those things where even before her UFC run, it's not like she was rolling in money. I remember she even thought about retiring once the UFC released her just because it wasn't a way to live her life. She couldn't maintain it. and She wanted to move on. But then Road FC offered her some money. So she's definitely thinking more about the money now. And you have to think that after discovering that how much money she's lost, she has to be hyper aware of the financial side of things now. What are we Just talking about here? They said like how much? The, they said from how much are we talking fight, about? They said from two rising fights. All I could find was two rising fights. They stole, I think, thirty million. Not exactly three million yen, which would be about thirty thousand dollars, which isn't a huge yeah. amount of money. But I mean, she's probably not getting paid. That that's probably a giant portion of her paycheck from Ryzen. Wow, that's crazy. And that's just okay, two so, fights. So you gotta go over her entire career. Yeah, okay. Now let me ask you this. She's still the Road FC um Adamweight champion. What's her contract status with that? So I wouldn't I think it's kind of free. She can kind of do what she wants because Road so FC, it's not an exclusive contract. So it's not a no, exclusive no. contract. Plus, I mean, Road okay. FC kind of slowed down drastically as because of COVID, and they haven't put a solid event together in a long time. Okay, so uh, let's talk about what she's going to do next, okay? Um, my first thought is there's only two companies that are willing to pay the kind of money that she's looking for, Okay. Okay. UFC, one championship. Because we know with one championship, you know, they like to spend stupid money. So that's what my exact thought process is very similar to yours. I put the three possible promotions would be number one is 1FC, just because they love throwing money at people. And then I put UFC on there too, but I just don't know why they would want her back unless they're flirting with the idea of an yeah. Adam Wake division. Well, I'm gonna, we're going to talk about that in a second. Mm -hmm. But yeah, 1FC loves to throw money at people, and they're my number one theory on where she's going because if I remember correctly, at the end of this year, Song Gya Yon should be free from her Road FC contract to finally fight for 1FC. She's the former idol who's been waiting for like five years to fight for 1FC. And they also have Akiyama. They've expressed interest in expanding into the Korean market. And so if they do an event with Akiyama, Gong Sang-yeon, and Ham Sohee, I mean, it's going to sell a lot of tickets. So this would be the perfect time for them to do that. Second, Angela Lee is going to be out. They need a new star. They're doing the Adam Wake tournament. And bringing a rising champion in is going to bring news and a lot of more eyes to that tournament. And she's I should point, I should point out for those who don't know Angela Lee, they sell her as being from Singapore, but she's actually from Vancouver. Yeah, she's like a well, she's what they need her to be. She's either Canadian, Hawaiian, or from Singapore, depending on. The she's from Vancouver, <laughs> right? She's from Vancouver, yeah. and then yeah. um, uh, so she's pregnant right now, but she's their uh, strawweight chief, right? Uh, Adam White. She lost the strawweight title match. Well, well but they have their whole weird thing going on over there, but they're, it's their 48 kilo. Their whole, their whole, their whole yeah. shtick is screwed. 
That's just dumb. It makes no sense and it confuses people. Yeah. Uh, so, um, and and you also mentioned Invicta. I don't think Invicta could afford. No way. I mean, when they released when Invicta did their events in Las Vegas, they released the financials. Same for California, and they're paying like Hams. They're not Hamsa. They're paying Hamasaki like twenty five hundred to fight yeah. two thousand five hundred dollars, which they, that's they just not going to cut it. She. She'd rather retire than fight for that. That's right. That's right. So those are, for me, that's the two choices. Now, as far as the UFC goes, I'll give you my reasoning right off the top why I think it could happen. Uh, first of all, there is some rumblings coming from people, uh, even just recently, uh, Megan Olivia was giving, was rum, was taught at a press conference, had a press conference, for something else, and she said they should start an atom weight division already. And uh, I was actually on the other podcast, uh, uh, Schwan Humes and I were discussing it a few weeks ago, and Schwan would like to see it as well. He says, Well, there's enough fighters, I mean, unlike Featherweight, where there aren't enough fighters. And my whole thing is um, there are enough atom weight fighters, it's just that for the most part, most of them aren't any good. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the availability of ham. So he kind of changes that. It would add a lot okay. of legitimacy. Yeah. Yeah. Because if you're going to start an atom weight division, you base it around the best fighter in the division and the best fighter in, in that division is ham. So he, all right. I don't like when they brought Ronda Rousey over and just made her the champion right away. Yeah, makes sense. Or they could do that. Or you could have – they already have Loma Luke Boonmi on the roster, and she's not going to go anywhere at strawweight. Okay, even though she won her last fight, look who she beat, right? So, she beat an Adam Wayne. <laughs> uh, what I can see is Ham Sohi versus Loma Luke Boonmi and they would sell out a soccer stadium in Korea without any question. Well, what's so, uh, interesting that you mentioned that because I've also noticed more and more UFC commentators mentioning the atom weight division. And when I notice more than one person, I'm starting to think they're getting fed to mention it, to kind of, gener- to kind of uh, see the response to it. Because Laura Sanko was also doing an interview where she talked about the UFC bringing in the atom weight division. That's right. Which just makes me think that they're being told to kind of talk about it so they can gauge the fan reaction to it and everything. Well, like I said, the thing I, 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 uh, up until now, I've been against it because of the quality of fighters. I don't think the, the, the fight, most of the fighters in the division uh, would be available. I don't think a lot of them are good enough. Okay. But there's a couple of ways they could do it if they want to. Now, because the number one fighter in who's Adam Weight uh, doesn't speak English, you're not going to do an Ultimate Fighter, right? Okay, so the way to, to to do it is do it with a bang, you know. Mm-hmm. Do well, do him so he in a soccer stadium in Korea. That would go crazy. Yeah, especially with the UFC opening gyms in China and trying to get, establish more of a presence in Asia, you got to think that the atomweight women's division would be an easy way just to 
soak up a lot of Asian talent and do some shows over there. Well, and, and the other thing is that uh, uh, Ham has the same uh, um, uh, charisma that we see from uh, Zhang Weili. Okay, Zhang Weili is a great fighter, but she also has natural charisma. She ain't even trying to have charisma; she just has it. Okay, that's, that's a very and true point. Same... Because that's a very true point. Just because uh, in Japan, at least. Japanese audiences tend to favor Japanese fighters, but Ham Sohi's kind of broken through that and is extremely popular in Japan that's for being because, a non-Japanese fighter. That's because despite the fact that she doesn't really speak the language, she has natural charisma. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. And she's always had it. Okay, you can't teach what she has. It's the same thing with Zhang Weili. This is why I'm making that comparison, not because they're similar fighters, because they're not, but because um, they both have natural appeal. Zhang Weili doesn't speak English, and she's a huge star now. Yep, yep. Well, okay. I mean, you can see it too, because I would argue that Ham Sohi, more people know her in Japan than in Korea. But when well, the UFC did, but when let me finish real quick. When the UFC did their shows in Korea, she immediately garnered so much attention, and Koreans immediately immediately were drawn to her and wanted to see her fight. Yeah, well, it's, it's she. She has it. Yeah. Okay. She does. She has it. So the thing was, you see, the, the people don't understand the history of all of this. The history is that. Japanese promotions over the years, whether they're male or whether they're female, doesn't matter. They've had a habit of bringing over Korean kickboxers who have no experience at MMA. Mm-hmm. Okay? And they bring them over to lose. <laughs> yeah. And Ham, it was the same thing with Ham So He, except she didn't lose. She beat Hisei Watanabe. Right. Kind of time, kind of during her peak. Who at the time probably had the most charisma of any fighter in Japan, of any of the female that. fighters in Japan. Okay. It's kind of crazy. Too. It's like a was, fight. Yeah. Well, the problem with Hisei Watanabe, she wasn't a very good fighter. She was a kickboxer, but she wasn't any good at MMA. Right. Okay. So if you're losing to a beginner like that, then what the hell is wrong with you? Right. <laughs> All right. So anyway, so, this is what I, 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 the two scenarios that I see is either one championship or UFC. And um, it just, it's going to come down to money. Right. Okay. And we know that one really likes to throw money at people. Even they, though, yeah. They throw a lot of money at people. Yeah. So that's the whole thing. Okay, let's talk about what uh, Ryzen is going to do. Okay, so, I mean, I think obviously one of the issues is Ryzen has had some financial issues this year. And Sakaki Barras said some strange things. He said he wants to start doing strange events without really elaborating on it. He said he wants to do strange, more strange things. Which what do you mean, mean means like strange? That's what you people mean are like asking. Freak shows? 
That's what I think he means, but my thing Didn't is... Didn't he used to do stuff like that in Pride? He did, he did. And he also was very against having women in Pride, which makes you wonder how serious he is about the women's division if it isn't a cute fighter like Rena or something like that. Yeah. But I think he's desperate for money, and he thinks that freak show stuff will sell fights, will sell seats, essentially. Well, not anymore. Well, I mean, I, I think he's kind of a one-trick pony who's beating a dead horse kind of thing. But, but um, what are I they, are they, Wait a minute. Let's talk about this a little bit because I don't think people, uh, uh, most fans are aware. Some people think it's a successful company, right? Yeah, yeah, they probably do think that. Um, little, it's kind of unspoken. They spent a lot of money to get Floyd Mayweather to fight Tenshin in the exhibition match. I think yeah. it was supposed to be the remaining money from the UFC purchase of Pride. So, like, he doesn't have any more of that money from that big purchase left. That was all spent on kind of a failure. I don't know why they did that. <laughs> but uh, now coronavirus hits, and... They, can't, they couldn't do the events, they can't sell the tickets, yeah. and they're hurting for money. So they did a giant so, crowdfunding campaign. They raised like a million dollars, but the way they spend money, who knows how long that'll last. Also, I feel like, because I remember Japanese promotions sometimes have a history of trying to guilt fighters into taking less money. And you can kind of see shadows of that at the last Rising event, where they got Rena to like accept a fight on one week's notice because they were like, the promotion needs it. If you don't do it, we might go under kind of thing. So wait a minute. So you're telling me that they could be going out of business, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, the, their Fuji TV numbers haven't been great. The last one expected better than it, it performed better than they expected, but their numbers have been low. It's not a secret. Almost all their money comes from their TV deal. And so if the TV deal goes south, which is why they're doing all this crazy stuff, it's why they're trying to create YouTube channels. It's why they're trying to sell pay-per-views for 50 bucks a pop. They're just trying to get money outside of the TV deal. I find their shows are way too long. Well, the problem, Fuji TV, it's like a double-edged sword. They get the money from Fuji TV, but then they're beholden to some crazy time slot where they have to do like a two-hour intermission, which just kills any motivation for people to go to the event. So there, so see, I wasn't aware of this. I, you don't see this in the media over there, right? No, no. People, but I mean, people know about it. Like, if you talk to people that follow it, it was honestly like last event might be their last event. Ah, so there may be no future for Ryzen. That's, that's very interesting. Because I mean, well, you know, at a press conference, yeah. This, this is not a guy who's known for being financially responsible. Well, the Mayweather thing shows that. Why pay that guy like $9 million to destroy your star? <laughs> and it didn't, and it was nothing. It was, it was for nothing, really. He did nothing. Yeah, shut up and knocked out your champion in one round. All right, so you think they're going out of business anyway. Well, what happens if they go out of business? Well, I don't, I don't know if they go out of business. I just think they don't have the financial power to do what they were doing. You're going to see a lot more local Japanese fighters. You're going to see them continue to do this thing where they guilt fighters like Asakura Kai and Rena, where they're like, 
oh, we gave you your start and we need your help to help build the promotion back. So they're probably paying them less, getting them to fight on late notice, which is why the one of the bigger rising fighters right now is this guy named Mikuru Asakura. And yeah. they couldn't get him to fight at the last event because the negotiations failed because he's making more money on YouTube than Ryzen pays him. And he's like, <laughs> why would I go over there if I'm making more money on YouTube? So, I mean, there's financial issues going on. Okay, now uh, let's talk about Rena a little bit because she's, she says she's retired. Again, yeah, she said that before, but I think she's more serious this time. I think so, too. I mean, you brought up a good point. Well, I think I listened to your I listened to your podcast with Sean, where you said this is the first time she said she's going to retire after a win, which I think yes. is kind of a big because in the past it was always kind of like a knee jerk emotional response. But then in a, in a more elaborate interview, she said she's like laying out her plans, which she had also never done before. Where she's like, "I'm going to start a family in Tokyo. I'm going to keep training at AACC and help the younger fighters come up. I'm still going to be involved." Which to me makes me think she's thought about it. Well, there's also shoot boxing. Right, but I mean, I don't think they have any money either. <laughs> like No, but she she's loyal to him and she'll probably help him anyway. Well, but the, I mean her boyfriend is the managing guy of shoot boxing. Yeah. So she'll oh, okay. be over there for one last fight, but I just Shootboxing has been lending a lot of their fighters to rise and rising recently. So I feel like they're kind of taking a back seat in a lot of this. Yeah, the, well, the business uh, in Japan is bad anyway. And with the pandemic, yeah. it's just gotten worse. Well, I mean, there's, there's got to be some sort of financial issue at shootboxing as well, because you got Mio fake retiring, then running off to K1. And you got Rena doing exclusively MMA fights now. And you got Kaito, the other big star, fighting for Rise now, which makes me think that shootboxing is getting paid by these other promotions to kind of loan out their fighters. And that's yeah. how they're making money right now. But that's not like a sustainable method. It's not. Okay, so what do you think is going to happen here? Well, Ham Sohi thing kind of threw a wrench probably in all of Rising and a lot of the fighters' plans because on Ham Sohi's side, it's kind of brilliant because she's the rising champion right now. She can demand more money from one FC than she could if she loses and is no longer the champion. But Rena wanted to fight Ham Sohi as part of her retirement plan. Hamasaki wanted to fight her again. And so now you got all these people that wanted to fight her that no longer have opponents lined up and rising. And to me, what makes the most sense is, I mean, the, they're, they're talking about an event now in November. There's going to be a press conference on Monday. And then there's going to You're be talking a about Ryzen, right? Yeah, Ryzen's going to have an event in November, probably, is what they're announcing, which is where he talked about like that wants to do freak show fights or something. And then in December, they're going to do a two-day New Year's Eve event. And as long as they're doing a two-day, I say they just run back the Adamweight tournament they did a couple years ago and put Hamasaki, Miyu... Kana and bring in some foreign fighters like Elisa Garcia or something like or uh, the Invicta champion. They can't they afford little... that, Charlie. They can't afford yeah. that. Well, I would say they can if they're trying to fill up two events, they can afford women more than they can afford men just because they generally demand less money. Isn't it more likely that they'll fill it with a bunch of Deep Jewels fighters? Oh, that's just not that many anymore, man. Deep Jewels is like a husk. 
I mean, mm-hmm. what are they going to do? Put Tony Matsu Emmy in there and watch her get she's, killed again? She's retiring. Oh, that's that's a Tomo Mayasawa. No, I don't know. Yeah, very easily. They're very similar. But uh, Deep Jewels is just like, unless they want to bring over. Let me see. They have a couple of young fighters, but I mean, the only decent fighter in Deep Jewels right now is the 52 kg Miki Motono, but she can't make 48. No. So, I mean, doesn't look a problem good. Because I will say, I found it kind of revealing in a Gong article, which is like a famous MMA magazine in Japan. I know what it is. Yeah, I'll just tell you for your listeners. Um, oh. Hamso, he did say. <clears throat> She's tired of fighting the same people over and over again. And she's looking to fight new people. It's like an interview from a couple of months ago, which makes me think that, well, one FC then. She's fought one person in their entire promotion. And in Rising, she's fought everybody. Like She's looking to fight new but people. That would also indicate that the UFC would be a possibility too. True. Now, the UFC, I feel like an asterisk. It's just like if they want to do the Adam Waite division, Sign her immediately, but if they're it trying to bring be... her back to do straw weight again, that'd be a waste no, of time. No, but... they, she, she won't do it. Yeah, there's no sense to her doing it. She can look. They can say to her, "Okay, we can bring you back and, and do straw weight," and she'll say, "I'm not going to fight at straw weight. I can go to one." Yeah. You know, plus, and that you got to kind of give them an ultimatum on that. Well, okay? plus, I mean. Um... Sean Shelby is notorious for not liking smaller fighters anyway. So if they weren't going to do Adam Waite, he wouldn't want it. Well, she's she's not necessarily dealing with him anyway. She might be dealing with Maynard. And I think he gets a different reaction from Maynard. Okay. But you just got to think, 1FC is obsessed with making it in the Japanese market. And up till now, they've just failed repeatedly. And I think if they get the, you know, that might be one reason they want the Ryzen champion. They want the Ryzen champion. uh, They won't be (laughs) sick. They won't be successful because the company ownership are a bunch of idiots. Yeah. Not to mention well, it, that they lie about everything. They do because, I mean, they have no fan base. They give out tons of free tickets to their Japanese shows to try to fill up the stadium. So it's just like all said, an illusion. Why, why do you think I call it stupid money? Yeah, exactly. Well, it, yeah. Okay. There's so. A, so that's the big question. The big question is, uh, uh, where does Ham go? And so I put down, I thought about it, and these are my top, let me see, let me know what you think. My number one option, most likely, is she goes to 1FC and gets paid a lot of money. Number two, she goes to the UFC and for the Adam Weight division. Number as three. Far as, where to, as far as where they get the fighters from, as far as the uh, UFC goes, there's plenty of Adam Weights that Invicta. Right. Exactly. Plus, number three, she goes to the Road FC route, does a couple of fights and retires and starts a family. But that's the only three options I would see her doing. Okay. Well, that's, that's why I wanted to do this podcast because uh, now we know what's up. And I really wasn't aware of the whole rise thing and that they're having oh, yeah. money problems, that sort of thing. But because the media in Japan – Never reports on that stuff until it's too well, late. Yeah, like, which is kind of the weird thing about it is like when um, the owner says they're having financial problems, the immediate response is like, 
like, what does that mean? Like, we're closing up the doors tomorrow, or we could use an extra hundred dollars, but we should make it. <laughs> like, so what everything's does very it big. So what does it mean? I think it's a direct result of the coronavirus pushing them not being able to do live events, which meant they lost a lot of revenue from TV. And I think they had to reserve the stadiums, which meant they lost money doing that. But I mean, they raised a million dollars on the crowdfunding. They raised, I think they're bouncing back, but I think they're also still, I think they spend money stupidly, like, but they don't have the money to spend stupidly. So we'll have to wait and see. But the New Year's event, Eve event should do good numbers because they're bringing Horiguchi back to fight Asakura. But yeah, I mean, Yachi, I mean, a lot of their fighters have been losing recently. So, I mean, and unlike the UFC, they depend more on the fighters than their own name recognition. All right. So there you have it, folks. Uh, yeah. Ham Sohi is a free agent now. And uh, my opinion is uh, if the UFC wants to do it, they will do it. True. Yeah. And um, I mean, they have the con her gym has three or four fighters in the UFC already. So, I mean, if that's an option the UFC wants to do, it's easily done. Plus she's already fought for them. Yeah. Well, they liked her. Okay. Like they, they were, they were going to offer her a new contract, but she didn't want to fight it straw weight yeah plus i mean she just got screwed over by judges decisions why would she want to inflict herself on that even more eh, i don't think that was really that relevant i think what it was relevant yeah. was that she she's not a straw weight. no okay and all. and she didn't want to fight at it anymore. she did pretty good but yeah she did really good she did pretty good the but uh, um you know it, i'm i'm just saying the number one thing for me when I think about it, they could do Ham Sohi versus Loma Lugbunmi in a soccer stadium in Korea. That's – you can't leave money like that on the table. No. Or you could do – I mean, it's kind of like people always asked, why does Mark Hunt – all those heavyweights were like, why does Mark Hunt get paid $700,000 to fight? And the UFC's response was, he sells out stadiums in Australia every time we go there. Fans don't understand that. Fans don't understand yeah. that. They don't understand that fighters, UFC needs to have foreign fighters for foreign shows. This is why they right, bring exactly. in foreign fighters. Okay. Well, they, when they first went to Korea, UFC made like a big deal about it. And you could just see they were interviewing like all these Korean people on the streets. And the card was almost always, all the matches were Korean versus non-Korean. And I was like, who are you excited to see? And it was like, Ham Sohi. Who are you excited to see? Ham Sohi. Who are you excited to see? Ham Sohi. They weren't saying Chan Sun. They weren't saying Korean Zombie who was on the card. They weren't saying Akiyama. They were all saying Ham Sohi. So she's a big deal there. Yeah. She's, I mean, she's easily marketable. She's a cute Korean girl that just pours charisma. So they're going to put her picture up and it's going to sell. And plus, she's a good fight. Exactly. I mean, she was after that one UFC show in Korea. She was doing like car commercials. She was in a music video. It's yes, like I mean, uh, it's like Joanna, it's like all the uh, uh, stuff Joanna Jicek does in Poland. Well, people tend to forget about that. It's like Joanna is also one of those fighters that was just like in the beginning was so charismatic for being a non 
native English speaker. And then there was like, oh, she became the face of like Nike of a uh, Nike. No, was it Nike or a it Reebok? She became the face of Reebok and like European yeah. Disney in Europe. So she was a huge deal over there. You know why that happened with Reebok? Because she collects sneakers. I remember that she kept posting pictures of her Nike collection. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, Reebok uh, definitely was like, we should get her selling our shoes. Yeah, she's doing like um, um, movies and TV in Poland now, eh? Yeah. Like, she's probably going to retire. Well, she's definitely, I mean, after the damage she took in her last fight, she's probably looking to the future. She also, similar to Ham Sohi, had a manager situation where a manager stole a bunch of money from him. Oh, yeah? Mm -hmm. All right. So, message to all the fighters out there, uh, make sure the person handling your money is trustworthy. Well, you know, there's, there's dodgy stuff going on in, in the MMA business. It's not just managers. It's freaking nutritionists, right? So Exactly. <laughs> you know, well, you got to be really careful. Remember, like, I mean, there's so much dodgy stuff. Conor McGregor had that weird guy with, with him in the park who had him, like, balancing on g things. And GSP had his weird guy. So they all have – there's just, like, an infestation of people trying to take advantage. They're always trying to take advantage of the fighters. Where mm. – Tom Sohees was definitely more of like the long con because when she was fighting for deep, I mean, what was she making like $200 to fight? So it wasn't a big deal. But as the contracts got bigger, I just don't think she realized how much she should have been being paid. Oh, I see. All right. Well, anyways, folks, that's the story. Ham Sohe is now a free agent. The big question is, where does she go? And we're thinking uh, either... Uh, UFC or one championship and really it, what it hinges on is will the UFC finally start an atom weight division if they do that then ham so he is the one you want as the base of that division okay it's as simple as that okay so that's about that's about it um, hope you enjoyed the podcast. Very special edition here. Thanks for coming aboard, Charlie. I do appreciate it. Uh, yeah, again, thanks for having me. Again, check out my uh, other podcast, uh, The Big Topic in Women's MMA. And, um, you know, we did one yesterday, and we're going to do another one next week. All right. And uh, check out my blog at frankp316.blogspot.com. You have a blog as well, but you don't write on it very much, right? I've started writing again. I have a website. It's sogokaku.com. That means mixed, that means MMA in Japanese. Oh, so okay. I've been mainly kickboxing and MMA stuff. Yeah, because kickboxing is still pretty active in Japan. Yeah, it's definitely way more active than the MMA scene currently is. But they don't need to make as much money. No, not at all. And they're all on a local streaming service, so they make a lot of money from that. Yeah, okay. All right, so if you have any questions or comments for my blog or either of my podcasts, you can leave them in Anchor's voicemail. And if you'd like to subscribe to my podcast, you can do so at Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you later.